Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom! You have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. I bet kickers wish they had that same kind of guarantee. (laughs) Right, guys? Legs. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR. DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. I never felt so much alive, alive, alive. Boom. Here's a note. Uh, Just because the Broncos are playing in London does not mean you need to tweet London calling. It is offensive to the clash. It is. Commercialized for a sport I don't think they love. Yeah. Um... I don't know. Well, how much money do you think they've made off of Should I Stay or Should I Go? Just licensing that song alone. Ooh, Four trillion dollars, roughly. Well, the Clash, the most succe- the most commercially successful punk band. Oh, that's a great question. I have to imagine the answer is yes, just because they were one of the first punk bands. Yeah, one of the most actually like musically talented. It'd probably be, be be between them and what the Ramones, maybe, but yeah, yeah, I think that I think those are probably probably one A and one B. Yeah, you have your your American version and your British version. Yeah, the Clash, uh, hands down, my favorite of the music. When I uh, pretended to really love punk rock in my teens as a skateboarder, assuming like that's what I needed to do to cultivate the whole persona of that lifestyle. I listened to a lot of shitty music uh, before I was like, you know, you don't have to listen to all of this. There's there's some good ones in here. (laughs) Do you ever like pretend to like the Sex Pistols? Oh, yeah, I definitely have their their CD. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah. But I guess it's kind of on purpose. I guess that's the point. Yeah. Is that it's bad? No. I mean, you have to go down like a whole punk rock rabbit hole. And there is, I mean, there's, I actually, I think I love the Vandals the most. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to talk about the Broncos. I <laughs> well, swear to God. I was like, hey, start with the clash in London calling because Broncos are playing in London. And I saw a billion people just tweet London calling in the Broncos today. And I was like, that's kind of annoying. Uh, anyway, we're going to talk about the London game. It's October 30th. Yep. Day after my birthday. So that'll tell us everything we need to know about whether or not the Broncos are going to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Saubert coming back. Bryce Callahan going to the Chargers. 
a bunch of guys not coming back for the Broncos. And then we'll kind of look at the uh, draft around the AFC West. Will Keys joining me for the greatest podcast on earth. I wish we had a record of how many we've done together. Oh, uh, she had a lot. <sighs> it's probably, do you want to guess? Podcasts? Yeah. Oof. Did we, how, I mean, how long have we actually been doing the podcast? Three years? Four? Oh, four. Almost Did we four. start right after we started writing together? Yeah. I remember right when I moved home from college, we started. So it's it's almost four years. Okay. I would say it's over 200. Yo, for sure. Which is crazy. I'd say it's close to 300. Because yeah. we do one a week all year long. During the football season, two to three a week, you know, so that's at least 50 a year is, I think, the low. Good point. That puts us right at 200. We used um, to do it every other week. Do you remember that? Oh, in the off season? Yeah, that was yeah. when we didn't have, um, like, money. That's before DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> sponsored the show. Use code DNVR when you sign up over at DraftKings, and they're going to take care of your little tuchuses. Uh Yeah, that was... You know, you got to you got to convert for the brands or they will erase you from history. Uh, also, benchwarmerbrew.com. Uh, that business, actually, if you don't support, could disappear. So you want to buy some really good coffee, some great shirts as Will's uh, promoting here on YouTube. I don't know if you can see that with your ears in the podcast version, but benchwarmerbrew.com. Okay, Will. Should we? Where do we want to start? London. I think seven thirty a.m. six thirty Pacific time. Six thirty Pacific time. Oh, I am gonna be so. I'm gonna make you live stream that game with me, just so I know for sure you're up at six thirty a.m. on the West Coast. There are not a ton of things that could get me up at six thirty um, on a Sunday on a weekend, really at all. Sex. That is that is one of the things one of the things uh, that'll do it. Yeah. Fair enough. I will I'll probably be up well before 6 30. 625. 6.25 Pacific time. Yeah. Before having a kid, I would have this would have been conflicting. I would have been pissed <laughs> to find out I had to get up that early for a Broncos game and start working. But now, like, I'm up at 6, 6.30 every day. Like, I don't have a choice. That includes the weekends. There's, like, no break from 6.30. My body's trained for it. I am a savage. I don't – I can I can function off of three hours of sleep. A kid will open up your capabilities as a man. The real question is, are we going to be in London for the game, Will? Uh, I'm down. Uh, everybody listening to this podcast, please start tweeting to DNVR and Brandon Spano and say, send Perna and Keys to London with the crew, because I'm sure they're going to have a bunch of people over there as well and say, or, you know, get DraftKings to take Perna and Keys to London, probably Perna, Keys and Grassi. Let's just do all the live streams over there. Have a let's good get Grassi over there too. Let's uh, meet up with Broncos Europe and yeah. let's just have a sports podcasting Broncos orgy with good Broncos ass kicking football, which it'll be on like at 1 p.m. in London. Uh, it's the Jags. The Broncos are playing the Jags. I forgot <laughs> the to hometown Jaguars. Probably going to be an easy win. So uh, let's make it happen. Yeah, we could celebrate A, your birthday. B, be hopefully, hopefully a victory. We'll be turning 29. Uh, that's interesting. Um, and Halloween is the day after. Yeah. Nothing like Halloween falling on a Monday. No. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, I have you been to uh, London, England ever? No. I've never been to Europe. Oh. Well, I, I haven't been in... Um, sometime and I, I think to see the broncos and to have an enriching cultural experience 
that's a dream come true. Yeah. I'll be a, a little worried about like navigating the city uh, without understanding the language, but yeah, the language go. barrier is kind of tough. Yeah. Cause you throw in like those unnecessary use like it with color or like flavor. Yeah. And that's pretty disorienting. Flavor. Why don't you try putting it in your food, London? <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Flavor. I hardly know her. <laughs> yeah, that would be sweet, though, to meet up with um, the Broncos Europe guys. Yeah. Which they, they've they just exploded, kind of, the Irish NFL show. Yeah, no, they're doing great. They're awesome. Uh, Michael, uh, he spoiled – well, he, he sent me the early text – saying the Broncos Jags game was confirmed. He's like, I can't, oh, yeah. he's like, I can't say it publicly yet, but he had the dates, the info all correct. So he broke the news to me secret, secret. And I did not out him. I did not out him <laughs> until now. Until, well, yeah, but it's, you does know. he know the, does he know the final score yet? Oh yeah. I can't reveal that. Okay. I don't want to know, but let's just say it's a lot. Let's just say it doesn't matter who the Jaguars picked first. Nope. It would have. It could have helped. Yeah, no, actually, it probably would. Um, I, no, it's great, too, that you get kind of like, I don't know. I don't know how the Jaguars are going to be next year. I don't know how Trevor Lawrence is going to look next year. I don't know if Doug Peterson's going to make that much of an upgrade year one. But you feel confident going into yeah. a game. It could be and if, if you're going to travel all that way to go see your team. Oh, you they have to win. <laughs> you travel all that way and like Russell Wilson's not playing because he tweaked oh, a hamstring or something weird. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, if we get Brett Rippon in, <laughs> in the UK, I mean, we'd probably still win. Brett Rip it and grip it, baby. We beat the Jaguars with Paxton Lynch one time. So that's true. I feel, I feel, yeah, that is true. (laughs) Um, And it's also nice at Rod Smith's house. Oh, he was probably throwing up in his mouth watching that offense. (laughs) (laughs) Poor guy. Poor Rod Smith. It's also good. I think when you can avoid nothing against Jacksonville, but sometimes you play there, you know, before the colder time of the season and you get some weird, weird conditions. And all of a sudden, it's like 95 degrees. And the Jaguars are wearing white. And mm. you have to wear your darker uniforms. And weird stuff happens. Yeah. we've Was it those like week two games in Jacksonville? Yeah. Humidity is a thousand percent. They're a little tricky. Yeah. So does this count as a, a road game for the Broncos? It does. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> uh, that's another aspect to this because the Broncos are playing. So they had nine home games last year, yes. the way this uh, the schedule is balanced out. And so they're going to have eight home games this year, eight true road games, and then London, which I think you would treat as a neutral game. I don't I don't know like what the environment would be like. I know the Jags are kind of a quasi-home team, but I imagine that the Broncos will be oh. pretty well represented. I guarantee they have a no better following where. there than Jacksonville. I guarantee it. Yeah. So that that's kind of a nice way to manipulate yeah. the schedule for however long that's the case until we get to 18 games. You can avoid, you know, a nine uh a nine game road schedule. Plus you get the bye week uh presumably right after. In oh right. Week nine, which is kind of the perfect time to get a bye. Yeah, that's it's all shaping up for a Super Bowl next year. Pretty and much. I, I think about that like my realistic expectation is there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period for the Broncos, for a new head coach, for Russell Wilson. Yep. But then I started thinking about 2012, and that adjustment period is three to four weeks and the Broncos started off really bad that season. And yeah, then that and turned that turned into the season that they should have made it to the Super Bowl. The one that got away. Mm-hmm. So now my new expectation is the same thing. 
It's the best year for the Broncos to get to the Super Bowl. They're going to be the most unpredictable. Once they click, they're going to be difficult for other teams to figure out. This is their run, except we're not going to run into Russell Wilson. I mean, we're not going to run into uh, Joe Flacco in the playoffs. So, What if we did run into Joe Flacco in the playing Jets? quarterback for the Jets in the playoffs? And he beat us kind again? Of, oh. What kind of just hell universe would that have to be? Uh, not only know. do the Jets make the playoffs, but they make it with Joe Flacco. That would be insane. And I they have a pretty good team. I think the Jets will be better, but um, no. I just talked about Joe Flacco today in the Ryan Tannehill episode. Right. What do you what do you like? What do you make of all that? Because Tannehill is a lot better than Flacco was when he came to Denver. Yeah, he's a lot better, but he's not as accomplished. You know what I mean? I think Tannehill's yeah, I think like the soundbite got blown way out of proportion. Um, I think Tannehill actually talked about a lot of like really important stuff in that press conference. Like he was pretty open about how rough that lot, the playoff loss was on him. And mm -hmm. we kind of forget about, you know, <laughs> losing big games is actually hard on people, like as yeah. people. He talked about For needing sure. therapy. Like I think there was some, you know, undertones of anxiety and depression to like get through it. And how losing AJ Brown is really tough. He wasn't, in, you know, informed they're, about yeah, that. Yeah, because they were good friends. Yeah. Uh, and he wasn't informed about the Malik Willis pick. But I think, like, my takeaway is that I think quarterbacks kind of try to project confidence when they're saying, like, they're not here to mentor. And I watched it a few times. I think think he's a little nervous about losing his job honestly to the rookie coming in maybe not this season but that's just an added pressure to it but I think part of once you get to an, a, a level when you're a veteran quarterback and you have not won a Super Bowl you kind of have to know that your role might shift and your job is to be a leader and part of that job might be to help help your replacement but also just like there's there's an aspect of helping the backup quarterback in the type of situation where you need Malik Willis to come in to help the team even though he's not replacing you for the season or for the job but like a game or a couple series within a game you've got you've got to be confident enough to say like yeah I'm going to help him do everything he can to succeed and you don't really have to do that, <laughs> but like, right. it's also not like a, like a line where Ryan Tannehill's saying, I'm never going to give him any advice or any information to help him like grow in this league. He's saying, I don't think it's my job to groom him to replace me. <laughs> but like choice of words these days. Yeah, he's well. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he, they're going to be working together. There's like no way around it. They're going to be communicating, and I'm sure they'll develop some sort of relationship together. And I'm sure he will help him in, in various ways. And it's a little bit on the rookie too. To like, if you want that guy, if you want to pick his brain, you have to kind of take the initiative there. And I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to be the kind of asshole like Brett Favre was, or um, mostly Brett Favre. Uh, he's like, if you ask him something, I'm sure he's going to give you an answer. I'm sure they're going to be open dialogues yeah. between you and the coaches and all that shit. Brett Favre, Tom Brady. Yeah. Guys who are, um, you know, infamously secure. Yeah. And, and Brady will help Brady. I'm sure would help any of the guys he was not directly threatened by. So I'm sure like, yeah, he was probably like very forthcoming with, uh, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Like Jared Stidham. <laughs> yeah. And the other issue, like the other thing I kind of took away is this is an out year after this season for the Titans and Tannehill's contract. Like this is the first year if at, in 2023, if they don't want to go forward with Tannehill, they mm -hmm. take like an $18 million dead cap hit, but it's the smallest cap hit until like the, the following two seasons, but this is their out year. So yeah, man, there's a ton of pressure on him. And I think he shouldn't have said those exact words. And nobody would have, you know, talked about it. They would have talked about 
anything else he said in the, in the pref- press conference, but. Uh, I, I just want to point out that in that playoff game, Tannehill threw, yeah, he had the interception on the first play of the game, interception on the last offensive play of the game. Derrick Henry, 20 carries for 62 yards. And yeah. yet no one's calling out Derrick Henry. Well, he was just coming back from an injury. Yeah. I mean, I guess he had a long time though. They had a they had a bye, and I I think he could have come back in the regular season. I don't know. I, I just think we, you know, we love to we love to put all the blame on the quarterback. Sure, he has one. You know, he had he has three really solid seasons and has one bad playoff game, and that's partially fair because they are the quarterback. It's the most important position in sports. It's kind of a truism. But I don't know, man. Maybe the reason he, he needed therapy is because we're a little too hard on quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. No, I think that's totally fair. <laughs> that's a very good point. But, like, he came in to the Titans and took Marcus Mariota's job. Yeah, that's the you nature I mean? of the biz. So he's done it. Like, it's also their offense is – they're going to have to figure out a different offense really if Derrick Henry is not Derrick Henry. That's kind because of the trouble and they were good last year. They were plenty good without Derrick Henry too. Well, they were they won and they, it's so hard like they were good when AJ Brown was healthy and yeah. Tannehill could <laughs> lean on him in the passing game and then they kind of eked out a few wins um, they were a weird team last year. They were a very weird team very to finish strange. first in the AFC. One of maybe the most bizarre. They had a point differential of, yeah, not, they were 15th in scoring and they were first place in yeah. a really, really good conference. But yeah. I think that just goes to show um, what happens when you get two games against the Jags and two more against the Texans. Yeah. Which they also lost to the Texans. <laughs> yeah, I think they lost what to the Jets too. Yeah, Tannehill's a good quarterback. You can I like Ryan Tannehill. Too. If I didn't have Russell Wilson, I wouldn't mind Ryan Tannehill on my team. Yeah, but obviously, I don't care. You, it's just like when you get to the playoffs, is he going to carry you through the postseason? I don't think so. But perhaps not. Anyway, he's not going to like. He's not going to. Well, he kind of. It's hard to say it after the Bengals game. He's not going to lose you, uh, <laughs> but. Probably I like Ryan Tannehill too, and I think he's put up a solid he's put up a solid amount of work, and he's always seemed like a, a good guy. So it's just unfortunate he said it, and that's the headline that they ran with. Um, I'm sure he wishes he had that one back, and I'm sure he wishes that in a press conference when he's talking about how hard he was on himself after that loss, the, the next thing he doesn't need is being hard on himself for not feeling like he's going to be a good teammate to Malik. Yeah. Yeah. It's turned into this weird Rorschach test. And I guess like, I don't know. That's, that's kind of the, um, that's kind of the deal. And it's weird. Like after, after you trade or you sign Peyton Manning, you go and you spend the second round pick on Brock Osweiler. And you feel like because he's Peyton Manning, he can handle that even though you, you have drafted a replacement. Yeah. They didn't do the same thing with Russell Wilson. Did you ever consider that? No, because the reason <clears throat> they did that with Peyton Manning is his injury uncertainty was so high as well. It's like, we believe in you. We're going to pay you the $20 million. It's a lot of money in those days. But Manning, everybody knew like there was a question about if he could throw the football. And I think it had more to do with that than anything else. You know what I mean? That's true. People uh, really don't remember what a risky proposition it was. Yeah. Like Eli Manning talking about how Peyton couldn't throw the ball to him when they were like, uh, you know, trying to get Peyton's arm back. It's like, oh, God. (laughs) I feel like that would make a great movie. Oh yeah, and hopefully not one like the Kurt Warner movie, but just like like literally just about the recovery process. Yeah, it could be interesting. I don't know. 
Anyway. Um, yeah, let's move. This is let's the Ryan Tannehill podcast. Come back next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Broncos did sign tight end Eric Salbert. Uh, he's going to come back. Love this move. We've got all the tight ends we need now. Yeah, we're set. We got two pass catchers in Albert O and Eric Dulcich, the rookie they just drafted. Greg Greg Dulcich. Sorry, did I say Eric? I think so. Why? Because okay. I was looking at Eric Salbert's name. That's why. Yeah. Uh, Greg Dulcich. Right. But uh, Eric comes in. He's kind of your utility guy. You can use him in the red zone in the passing game. Uh, he can pass block. He's solid run blocker. It's just a great safety net at the tight end position. And it's, I think it allows those other guys to do what they're good at. And that's catch balls, catch passes. You can run two tight end sets and uh, still be dynamic there. Not coming back. Kenny Young, Shamar Steven, Bobby Macy, Brett Jones, AJ Johnston, Justin Hamilton, Kyle Fuller, Cameron Fleming, and Bryce Callahan. Also, uh, Stephen Weatherly signed with the Browns. Stephen Weatherly, cool sunglass guy. Do we know that Kenny Young's not coming back for sure? Well, yeah, okay. I guess these were guys the the Broncos asked were they they were asked to not resign resign. This is the the Cliss tweet. I suppose. Okay. Oh, okay, I didn't see that tweet. Um, let me find this shit because he tweeted that, but then Eric Salbert signed. So I guess technically they could sign, but. The Broncos asked them not to something about how it won't count against the compensatory pick formula, but it's above our pay grade. Yeah. That's nerd shit. Yeah. Kind of is nerd shit. I I mean, I would be on the Kenny young radar now just because they didn't draft an inside linebacker. And it sounds like the way George Payton was talking they're they're a little bit more serious about, moving Baron Browning to outside linebacker. But, you know, they don't have to commit to that. Like, he can also – he can play whatever he wants. You know, Micah Parsons played played both and did both really well last year. So, okay, you don't have to commit to that. Right. All right, so Cliss tweeted, uh, Broncos free agents officially asked to not re-sign. It's that list I just mentioned. Then he said, procedural deal that meant when these players sign elsewhere, their contracts wouldn't count as part of the compensatory pick formula. That was 19 hours ago. And then Broncos announced they've re-signed Eric Salbert. So I guess any of these guys could come back. And you're right. Possibly Kenny Young, maybe A.J. Johnson would be, if you're going to bet on two more or one of two more coming back, those positions uh Bryce Callahan leaving kind of stings yeah especially since he went to the Chargers who (laughs) now could possibly have the best secondary in the AFC Uh, um yeah I don't know that depends on a lot wow you're really pushing pushing it will I mean let's okay in perfect conditions yes I I think they have the chance but you're counting on Derwin James staying healthy, which, you know. He, stayed, he was healthy last year. It's a coin flip. Call it a coin flip. Chris Harris Jr. has to not fall off the cliff on the in roster? terms of production. I think he's a free hit. Is he? Here. Chris Harris. Is he going back? He's oh, he might agent. be a free agent. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're, they're free, uh, their secondary just got better um, after knowing that. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, Bryce Callahan, also a coin flip, whether he'll be on the field. Fair and enough. JC Jackson, we'll see how he transitions to a different defense. JC Jackson, Asante Samuel, Michael Davis. But here's Quentin, the killer. Quentin Jammer. <laughs> Florence. Jammer. They signed a man, and I don't know how we missed this, for the best players, best name players. Uh-huh. Josser Davis. Josser. J A apostrophe S I R. Josser Davis. Rookie, late round, scared. Scared of that man because that is a cool name. 
Um, oh, I think it's just just Sir Taylor from Wake Forest. Is that the guy? Said he said he was drafted uh, in the sixth round by the Chargers. God, man, am I really just fucking all of this shit up? Oh, just Sir Taylor. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're probably just thinking of Michael Davis. Yeah, I probably corner. looked at Davis and then wrote that. Just Sir Taylor. Either way. Pretty good. Actually, Taylor's better. We could have went with so many like uh, Taylor jokes. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I don't know a thing about him, um, but that does improve my you know my evaluation of their secondary. Yeah, it's having, a little better having Josser Taylor out there. All right. I I, I think I'm Patrick not... Sertan's better than any player on the Chargers secondary, though. Ooh, yeah. I mean, we're going to say Pat Sertan's the best corner in the NFL. So Broncos have yeah. that. Um, we'll see how the depth pans out there. Would have liked Bryce Callahan to come back for a little, some safety padding at that position. You, but you get, but you get K1 Williams. Oh, yeah, yeah. I keep forgetting. Which is that. one that everybody kind of has forgotten. You still have Ronald Darby. Yeah. I honestly keep forgetting about Kwan Williams and um, the guy from San Francisco, DJ. DJ Jones. DJ Jones. Yeah, I forget about him too. Someone was like, uh, "Are two Jones up front? It's like Draymond Jones and who else? Oh DJ. yeah, DJ Jones. That guy's yeah. really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna turn into be. A, it's gonna turn into a uh, really, really solid addition. Yeah. So yeah, I like that, and then. You know, you drafted Damari Mathis. And uh, one of the other guys that I had heard his name, but Jaquan, Jaquan McMillan. Have you seen this guy? Mm-mm. He's like 5'10", five, five, 160 pounds, which is probably the reason he went undrafted. But he has insane ball skills. And they, they got him. Uh, undrafted free go. agent? Yeah. I mean, undrafted rookie free agent? Yeah. Undrafted rookie free agent. To college, East Carolina. They say he's 5'10, 183, but that is uh, just generous. That is very generous. Probably 5'9, 160. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wikipedia has him at 5'10, 161. Oof. Yeah, he's so built he like can, me then. Yeah, <laughs> but I, he, he can hit a little bit too. What position does he play? Corner. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a small corner. But he can put on like 20 pounds, though. The NFL can put put on that pounds. muscle weight. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Okay. What else is interesting? DraftKings Sportsbook. Yeah, look at that smooth transition into the legal disclaimer, baby. <sighs> NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And this week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $100 sorry, and, and get $150 in free bets. God, when I do the voice, I screw up. Sorry, DraftKings. But if you're looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs... Do it with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, all right? Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. Boom! You have a shot at even a bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR, 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 DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Got to be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restriction supply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, Willis. I had a take about the Eric Saubert resigning. Okay. 
give it to this kind of this kind of tells me that they because they waited after the draft to sign him this tells me that they wanted to draft trey mcbride oh because trey mcbride is a better blocker than greg dulcich Oh, and when they didn't get Trey McBride and they did take Greg Dulcich, that changed their plans a little bit because Dulcich, very good player, but you also need more than Eric Tomlinson at tight end if you want to run some heavy package stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, they've they've really invested in tight end since um, Hackett and has come. Right. So. They lose Noah Fant. They sign Eric Tomlinson. They mm-hmm. draft a tight end, and then they bring back Salbert. And they're still like, uh, well, they have one, two, three, three other tight tight ends on the roster, including Dylan Parham. Is you it- got Andrew Beck, who's an H back. Andrew Beck, Rodney Williams, Sean Bayer. But like you're right, yeah, I think it's gonna be kind of instrumental to their offense that they run. Like they really value that, and it's. I think we just kind of like with Russell Wilson, it feels like the tight end's not gonna be featured or that important, just because it seems like him and tight ends have never put up huge numbers together. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like a lot of people think that's because of his height and his ability to see the middle of the field. I, I don't know. I just I think that was never a priority for that offense necessarily. Yeah. I, I think he is better at throwing outside the numbers for sure. Yep. And he's probably more comfortable doing that. And that it kind of is the trade off when you take a shorter quarterback. But yeah, he's also I don't know, he had Jimmy Graham. He had who am I missing? Zach Miller was the tight end when he got there. Jimmy yeah, Graham was was never the same after leaving New Orleans. No. Even with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. And and he got old Greg Olson. His bet like Zach Miller early, there was good chemistry there. And then Will Disley looked like the they were gonna have <laughs> a really good relationship. Will Disley looked like uh Shannon Sharp. Yeah. In his first game against the Broncos. Yeah. That was like was that the Case Keenum game? That was. He yeah, let's see. He had uh, three catches for 105 yards and a touchdown against yeah. Denver, and he had eight catches for 156 yards that whole season. Yeah, we well, got he, hurt. He only played four games, later. but yeah, he got hurt after that. And then he that got was hurt the same. The, I think he got hurt the following season too, but I can't remember. Yeah, I was kind of hoping they'd bring him in, um, but he resigned with the Seahawks, and we. Upgraded a tight end elsewhere. Yeah. There are no holes on this team. That's the new Broncos model. motto. Plugging the holes. Plugging the holes. All right. Let's look at the rest of the AFC West draft. I wanted to do that today because we're going to, we're going to recap the AFC West for uh, that's good sports. And I think like my takeaway like many was the chiefs had a, a good draft and a big part of that is because they had a lot of fucking picks and they're already a good team, but Kansas city, you could argue had the worst off season of any team in the AFC West. So that mm-hmm. kind of balances mm-hmm. out, right? Okay. Maybe not the best free agency period, but draft pretty good. We think on paper. So to me, that puts like all of these teams pretty much even. In terms of like, I don't know who's going to come out of this division on top, except I would still keep the Raiders at the bottom. So let's look at their draft first, Will. Yeah, I mean, the the, Raiders and the Broncos both have a Dylan Parham. That can't be right. And then the Chargers have a Donald Parham. Yeah. Tight end Dylan Parham. He's on the Denver Broncos depth chart. Are they are they twins? Are they <laughs> they twins with the same name? Did their parents just get really lazy? Are what they... the fuck? Oh uh, yeah. Um, this is this is really we confusing. Li- is, is it is life real right now? Yeah, former NC, NC State, State tight, end. tight end Dylan Parham, yeah. Signs with the Denver Broncos. 
Dylan Memphis, Raiders. Oh my God. These guys don't look related at all. Will the real Dylan Parhams? Okay, so which this so is a great deal for our, our Parhams. Yeah, two Dylan <laughs> Parhams. Division. Who got the better Parham? The Broncos or the Raiders? Anyway, that was the Raiders' first pick in the third round. Guard out of Memphis. Raiders Fine. better hope they got the best Parham. <laughs> yeah. Did we wait? No, we wanted the tight end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we forgot to write tight end on the draft card shit, shit, shit that shit, sounds shit. like something the raiders would do too mm-hmm. um zamir white neil farrell defensive tackle zamir white's a running back matthew butler tack defensive tackle out of tennessee thayer munford o-line cool. Britton brown running back ucla so the raiders had two running backs uh Shows your confidence that they have in Josh Jacobs moving forward. <laughs> yeah, and they declined his fifth-year option. Declined his fifth-year option. Took declined another- every fifth-year option that they had on the table, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that's stupid. That that entire first round for Mayock and Gruden <laughs> where they had three picks. McDaniel's like, none of these guys are worth it. Good job. Uh, including Cleveland Farrell. They took another Farrell in this one, also on the D-line. So that's kind of strange. Looking at the Raiders draft, though, the one thing that surprised me is they didn't go secondary at all. I was going to say the same thing. They got lit up by the Chiefs twice last year. Yeah, It was like embarrassing how obvious uh, secondary was a hole for them. And they didn't didn't do anything. I mean, I know they, they upgraded their pass rush with Chandler Jones, which will help them out on the back end, too. Yeah. But they need more than Nate Hobbs out there. Yeah, and he was good. We'll that was a really Trayvon, good draft pick. We'll see if Trayvon Merrick gets, you know, if he takes a step up this year. But they did address secondary, I think, with three picks early on last year. And it it just didn't really make a difference. Yeah. <clears throat> but, I mean, part of that is because, you know, Abram, Abram kind of sucks. And uh, Damon Arnett, obviously – not on the didn't team work anymore. out. Yeah, that didn't work so out. It seemed like to me the two things the Raiders needed to do were offensive line and secondary. It's like, but it you know it's uh, they got new GM Zeigler and head coach Josh McDaniels. So I'm glad. I, I hope this doesn't because the if I had to look at the three AFC West drafts, the one that kind of doesn't look right to me is the Raiders one. <laughs> like, wait a second. Yeah, I thought they were good on the offensive line last year too i mean um obviously leatherwood is kind of a huge question mark and they lost rodney hudson but i didn't think it was their their biggest need whatsoever so good for them i mean the biggest thing i was listening to bill simmons talking to peter schrager and he picked the raiders to win the afc west this year wow and one of the reasons why he he said that their coaching change, which is the reason why I think they're going to finish last in the division. Like Rich Bisaccia was a very good, competent head coach, and they switched him out for the worst head coach of before Urban Meyer, yeah. <laughs> the worst head coach of the last 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I don't know how that, I don't know how that helps you. Unless like no. he seriously uh, turned things around personally, which he might have, but we don't have any proof that that's the case yet. No. It's a huge uh, question mark. Yeah. It seems like McDaniel should have just embraced the role of lifetime offensive coordinator, but also mm-hmm. McDaniel's probably realized uh, his offense is never going to look as good again with Mac Jones. So That's this could true. be his last opportunity to be a head coach. And the only team that wanted him was actually the Raiders. <laughs> so better take it. Uh, better take it. And that's what I said. Like they feel like the, the, and I still think the Raiders have a chance to be a very good team, but if all these teams are healthy, everything pans out the way it looks like it will just based on talent fourth. Okay. Then, and that's not that much of an insult in the AFC West. Like someone has to come in fourth. No, it's like they would probably be first in 
almost any of the other divisions or yeah, fighting if you, for first. If you put him in the AFC South, like you could oh, you probably yeah. win comfortably. I just yeah. All right. We know about the Broncos draft, so we're not gonna go over that. Uh A for Nick Benito. We did that in the last episode. Look at all those A's in the middle there. Like it. Draft grades are irrelevant, but they make us feel something. Okay, Chargers. Haven't really looked too much into the Chargers draft. But they take a guard up top, Zion Johnson, who a lot of people think is the best guard in the draft. Okay, so I think that's good. And then Isaiah Spiller. I find that interesting because I think it's – I think that's – if Isaiah Spiller's good and they have somebody else other than Austin Eckler – Again, we don't know how often you know the Chargers are going to run, but if they can be more effective when they do with a guy like Spiller, then that to me is a guy who could be a, a pretty big difference maker for the just the entire sort of I uh, I don't want to say identity, but effectiveness of their offense because it feels like their offense was very effective, but right. it was missing just enough that it cost them enough games last year to miss the playoffs because they got bounced by the Raiders who I think weren't as talented of a team last year. And you know, they missed the postseason. So I, you have to ask yourself, where did they address their biggest need? And to me, their biggest need was not on the offensive line or at safety or at running back. This is a team that gave up, 2,361 yards on the ground last year, which was 30th in the NFL. And that's kind of like part of that is by design because they, their philosophy is to let you run on them uh, and stop the pass. But at a certain point that stopped working. <laughs> yeah. And you need, you need to slow down the run at a certain point And they show that they're, just not at all capable of doing that. So I, I don't know if I would have liked to see them upgrade a little bit there. I am really, really glad that Jamison Williams didn't fall to them because I think he, he would have added yeah, uh, a speed element that would have been really hard to defend. And I don't think Keenan Allen's going to play forever. Hmm. So, uh, you know, all things considered, like a very nondescript draft by yeah. the Chargers. So you're saying you were you were thinking they would go defensive line and or like linebacker to try and help with the run defense. Yeah, that would have made sense to me. Um, but that's clearly not what they want to do as a football team. Right. I mean, they, so, this was the 29th defense last year. Against the run? Total. They gave up 27 Ooh. points a game. Wow. I forget that. Shit. Fifth, fifth offense, 27.9 points per game, 29th defense. And they did that with Joey Bosa, with Derwin James, with Chris Jerry James. Tillery. <laughs> Jerry Tillery, the first player you ever mocked to the Broncos on this podcast. Man, look at that. They didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Uh -oh. Boy, that's a freezing cold take. Go look up my Jerry Tillery take. Yeah, he's fine. Who'd they take instead? Noah Fant? That was the same year, right? I think. All right, Jerry Tillery had four and a half sacks last year. It's not so bad. It's not so he's bad. No, he's an okay player. Yeah, but could he start the run? He started 15 games. Apparently not. Apparently no, no. one can stop the run. See, so I really do feel like the if I'm ranking the power here, it's mm -hmm. Chiefs until proven otherwise, Broncos, Chargers, Raiders. That's what my gut says. That that's how I was gonna put it too, because people have kind of crowned the Chargers as a perennial yeah, they got playoff a lot to team. Prove still, they haven't made the playoffs under Justin Herbert. They don't have no. a winning rec record under Justin Herbert. That, I'm not saying that's Justin Herbert's fault. No. I'm just saying like that is that's the, the status quo right now. Yeah. They have not and they, proved that they can do it. They had a golden opportunity to make the playoffs last year. Yeah. And you know, we remember how that went, right? Yeah. Like if they start converting, let's just say 
20% more of the crazy fourth down shit they do, then they'll be really hard to beat. But they also gave up. Um, they allowed a third down conversion almost half the time, 49.5% of the time, which is 32nd in the NFL. So maybe you should try to stop the run. Yeah. That's going to be their Achilles heel if it doesn't change. Especially if you play a balanced team like the Broncos might be where they can run or throw against you. Yeah. And if when you're giving up third downs, we've seen it. It's it just wears out your defense. Like, it's hard for your defense to be good when they're tired. <laughs> okay. And then we got the Chiefs. We Ugh. all know... We've heard about how great their draft is. All-time best draft ever. It was pretty good, though. Uh, Trent McDuffie, I think, has a lot to prove to be like a really good corner at the NFL level. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm confident, you know, he's not going to be Pat Sertan. There's a chance he's, you know, a really good corner. He could be like, uh, you know, the other rookies we saw last year who performed well. Asante Samuel for the Chargers was was good. J.C. Horn might have been if he didn't get hurt so early. Pat Sertan, great. But it's adding Karloftis that bothers me <laughs> um, to align with Chris Jones. Maybe Frank Clark tries during the regular season. <laughs> and it, it's a, that would, No, that would worry me. It's a force, but it, you know, I thought that was their biggest weakness was edge. And they, they kind of hit on that. And I don't like that as a Broncos fan. And then sky Moore, you're bringing in your speed receiver. Maybe that, you know, maybe sky Moore and Nicole Hardman, the combo of it gives you enough to somewhat replace Tyreek Hill's production. I don't like, know. You can get there, I don't like know. you can maybe combine and have numbers closer. It's just not going to be the same in terms of the way a defense has to game exactly. plan for a guy like Tyreek Hill. And like speed is great, but we've seen that also not work many times with receivers. You know what I mean? The speediest mm-hmm. guy. It's like John. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If it was that easy, you know. Tyquan Thornton would have gone in yeah. the top five because you're in a four two eight, and yeah. you know in a vacuum that makes you think that oh okay that's going to have the same effect as Tyree Kill because uh, he's going to make the safeties have to play back. But there's more to playing wide receiver than you know, running in a straight line. Yes, I'm very good at running in a straight line. Yeah, you are. DK Metcalf would be the greatest receiver that's ever lived. That's all it took, Will. He's pretty good. He's pretty good already. <laughs> he, has pretty, he might be the best straight line runner ever. Um, so it's, you know, Kansas City didn't have very many holes. That's what's – when they yeah. have this many draft picks, they're probably going to find a couple playmakers there. Uh, maybe some guys are going to even look better because they're going to the Chiefs. Uh, Leo Chanel was a really solid pickup for them when they have two pretty good linebackers already. Like, it just makes their depth there. It gives them flexibility. Um, so I don't want to talk too much about the Chiefs or fillet them. I mean, we have to. You have to balance out losing Tyree Kill and Tyron Matthew. Yeah, Tyron Matthew is another big loss. It is, yeah, just because of the versatility there. And I, yeah. I think that's – it's hard to put a value on what he did for their defense before – because before he got there, 2018, and after he got there, 2019, like they he's a top three reason why they won the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. Maybe. Big just one. because of how good their defense was in the playoffs and late in the season. Yeah, and maybe you're able to get some of that with uh, who's the safety? They they bring in Brian Cook. Maybe that's why you take another linebacker like Leo Chanel, where it's not one player that's giving you that range, but 
Yeah. You're, then you're playing the guessing game of situational football to insert those guys, right? But yeah, because Chanel is not much not like of a cover a guy, right? Cover guy. Yeah. Right. He's got a he finesse is. name, but he's he's a hard nosed. He's like a Jesse linebacker. We do have to point out. This is crazy too because the um, the Saints signed Tyron Matthew. They also signed Daniel Sorensen. Oh, they did! I didn't even so see that. The Chiefs that. did upgrade by, by getting rid of Daniel Sorensen. When did they sign Sorensen? Um, I didn't know this because I was looking him up. I guess it was. Oh, it was like nine days ago, March twenty. Damn, we needed that for the episode today. <sighs> Oh, I even made a Dan Sorensen reference. Fuck. I no one reported it. I just assumed the NFL had him executed. Yeah, I I don't know what the plan is there for New Orleans, but they also they you know they have uh they signed Marcus May, the jet safety too this offseason. I didn't even know he was a free agent. <laughs> or did they trade for Marcus May? I don't know. Like, I obviously, I wrote about it in the video, but New Orleans makes no sense to me. No, their whole team. I don't get it. They could be really good, or they could win like three games. Yeah, they're the best team I've ever seen without a quarterback heading into this season. That's my take. <laughs> and they I traded up like five times for Chris Olave. Yeah, I don't trust Jameis Winston. Jameis. Jameson, Jameis, Jameis Winston. God. Trust Jameson Williams. I don't trust Jameis yeah, Winston. I've seen I've say I've said Jameson Williams so many times now that I'm butchering Jameis Winston's name. And that's how you know. Yeah, we've reached the end of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but that's all folks. Yeah, but dabba do sucker. Um last note. Look at this. Broncos, seventh round. Fayon Hicks, grade D plus. Who the fuck are you to grade a seventh round draft pick? Yeah. What the hell? Like, the whole point is like, this is a guy who there's a good chance doesn't even get drafted. It's a good chance he could have went a round or two earlier. You know almost nothing about this player, and you're calling it a bad grade. Any sixth or seventh round grades you give are completely arbitrary. Just say NA. Yeah, just, just say NA like on those. C plus. It, every seventh round pick should be a C plus. If you take a living, breathing football player in the seventh round, C plus. Yeah. Oh, Raiders take UCLA running back D in the seventh round. Fuck off, Raiders. <laughs> oh, but the, the Chargers got a B for their running back, Xander Horvath. Yeah. Oh, I think he's a white guy. I, I think he's a white running back. Is he a white? I'm, I'm pretty sure I've seen him play. Um, it's I'm like the only – it should be N.A. unless, like, there's a guy who is incredible value drafted in the seventh round. It's like if a team would have drafted Carson Strong there, should have gotten a good grade. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It, no, it's, it's crazy. That always, like, doesn't make sense to me how, you know – if the thing they're saying with Carson Strong is that he had like 12 teams calling him after the draft. Yeah. And he got the highest contract of any undrafted rookie ever. Yeah. So, but teams Why didn't you willing just... to spend a seventh rounder on him. Yeah. Why didn't you just, maybe it's, maybe it turned into a courtesy thing. I don't know. It's stupid. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing with Justin Ross on the chiefs. Yeah. Which we, you know, we talked about, but that scares the hell out of me. Yeah, if he's if he's bit. healthy, yeah, if he's healthy, then that might be the guy, not Sky Moore, that turns into yeah. this big weapon for them in the receiving game. Yeah, but even like that one percent chance of it working out is worth yeah a seventh rounder to me. Yeah, and I read a thing saying that the Chiefs' medical staff usually errs on the side of caution, like they're pretty conservative in how they evaluate injuries, mm-hmm. and they feel pretty good about him. So. Maybe he's going to be totally healthy. That's bad news. <laughs> it's going to be one of those things where, like, why did 31 teams pass on him seven times? Well, why did 32 teams pass yeah. on him seven times? Yeah, exactly. 
All right, we're done with this podcast. We're getting out of here. Follow Will on Twitter at Guillermo Yaves. Let us know you made it to the end. Uh, guns. guns don't kill people. Russell Wilson blows out their brains. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? Well, with DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And boom! You have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. I bet kickers wish they had that same kind of guarantee. <laughs> right, guys? Legs. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DNVR. DNVR. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code DNVR. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.